I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nothing says home more than family and friends around the table, especially when the food is from Fairway. High-quality, hand-cut meats, fresh produce, and affordable pricing. Be sure you're ready for family by stocking up on everything from the best possible source. Refreshingly Fairway. just hit another three-pointer no i'm just kidding (laughs) and but you gotta laugh sometimes right um welcome back hawkeye fans for another edition of the hawkeye nation basketball podcast i am rob howe of hawkeye nation joined as always by former hawkeye greg bruner and um yeah that wasn't good last night brew um I guess just some opening thoughts on I, – I guess the question I got is what happened. <laughs> if I knew that, I would be, I would be uh, the, the perfect basketball coach. I mean, it's – I've seen it happen professionally. I've seen it happen in collegiate level. I've seen it happen in high school. It's just – I hate to use the expression, but shit happens. I mean, that's that really <laughs> is what it is. It's, last night I – they could kick the ball and it was going in. Um and and honestly, uh, that quicksand analogy is one of the best things I can really bring forth to it. It's it it it's once you get once something like that happens, um, when you're they came out a little bit flat, uh, played four uh, four emotional games in ten days, came out flat, um, coming off of a big big win, um, and it's just it it happens. And the they came uh, Purdue came out ready to play. Um, played out played pretty physical uh so then the moment that Iowa gets back they start start forgetting what they've done their whole season and why they have the record and the the where they're at because of everything and they start pressing and pressing and pressing and then you're 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 just so tired by the end of that you're you're actually just digging yourself in a bigger hole um I mean you got to put the shovel down before you can uh climb out of that hole and that's usually what happens with the quicksand moment like that yeah, I agree. It just kind of, there's a snowball effect and it kind of happened to us tonight in our third grade basketball game. Um, <laughs> it kind of just got rolling downhill and didn't stop. I thought, and, you know, just kind of an illustration of Purdue just being a, a step ahead last night was early in that game. 
you know, it's obviously not decided and, and, you know, they're, they're kind of going back and forth up and down the court. And, uh, I think it was before the first media timeout, um, Purdue had five offensive rebounds and eight points off of those offensive rebounds in that first spurt. And they weren't shooting the ball very well initially, but they were going after the ball on the offensive glass. And that's where I thought Iowa was pretty flat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where you give a team an opportunity to, to throw it at the backboard and then they keep getting another opportunity. I mean, think of probability. One of every two shots should go in. And if they're just continuing to throw it at it, you're gonna, they're gonna start to get a little bit of confidence and that, that, that hole, that hole is gonna open up. And I would agree, honestly, with that. I mean, it was the first four minutes of the game to set the tone completely. Um, and, and Iowa was trying to dig its way out ever since then. So. Did you, did you see anything? I guess, and we can talk about, you know, specific parts of the game. Um, although I don't know why we have to. Um, yeah. Did you see anything though that you looked at and said, man, that's cause I, the, some of the feedback that I saw from people that watched the game and, and fans are going to have varying degrees of opinions all over the spectrum, but Iowa has not defended the three point shot well in recent years. And some of those slow rotations, um, maybe not helping at the right time or, or helping off, at, you know, at the wrong time, things like that. Anything you saw in that regard defensively last night that made you raise an eyebrow or was it just one of those nights again? No, I, I mean, I honestly, uh, night and day from the beginning of the year, um, defensively, uh, a couple of the first games I really struggled with what concepts, what they were focusing on, what was their goal, how were they trying to like, I just struggled with the mindset defensively. And, and that's where our, our, my teams have always been, that's their number one strength is that we defended extremely well. So I just, I couldn't create a picture of what they were trying to do. Um, uh, what was the overall strategy? And then boom, I can't remember what game it was. It was just like a flip. Oh, Texas Tech. That's what it was. And it was yeah. just like a flip. You go from Dayton and San Diego State. Oh, I think it was Dayton. Is that who they played early on in the season they lost? Uh, uh, DePaul. DePaul, yes. There we go. Sorry. Uh, and just it was that Olay defense. And, and then they played Michigan. And then it was just no rhythm, no no movement, no anything. And then all of a sudden it was just like a boom, light, light bulb on. And they're, they're in the rotation, the right spots. Um it's almost like they use a two-three zone to teach themselves that the positioning of help side defense, and then bam, they were amazing. Uh, and they really buckled in three-point line in, uh, playing extremely well, helping each other rotating. And I just really think the last game they were just tired, and it's really really hard. Um, I I've always lived on that that mentality that I'll let you shoot contested jump shots all day as long as they're contested, and you you aren't going to get extra rebounds. So you're not going to get a, a more possessions and you're not going to, you're going to, anytime you bring the ball inside the paint, it's going to get blitzkrieg. Uh, and we're just going to go right at you and we're going to try to run through you and get the ball and, and attack at the other end. And I thought that I was really, really made that the staple, but the difference was, is they let everything go to them and they got all a whack. And 
They got baskets on the inside. They got a wide open threes, and then they rotations got slower. Guys got slower. Um, offense rebounds usually the quick kick out threes, and in and, and, and this day and age, a layup and a wide open three are exact same shots. Kids, these guys have practiced so much. Like you, it, it's really not that big of a difference if you're wide open. Um, I mean, for some of these guys, it's it may seem like it, but it's a, it's an average shot now, um, and when you're and they had uncontested jump shots over and over and over and and those are layups to me. You're going to make 50% of those and that's going to break your back. Yeah, I think a great example of that was the number 15, I think his name is Lucci or something, the walk-on that came off the bench for Purdue at yeah. the end of the game and then the fans and the you know, and that's that's okay. That's that's those kids work their ass off in practice and he got in there and but again, I mean, you got a kid coming off the bench who probably hardly ever plays, and he hits two of three from three point range because he was wide open. Yep. Yeah, and I and, and people are saying that I think they were seventeen for twenty nine, but they were chucking threes at the end of the game, and they missed a couple there. So I bet at one point they're probably fifteen for twenty three or twenty four. They shot an ungodly rate. It was, I mean, they shot the ball extremely well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have no problem. You know, guys that get in at the end of the game, you're up 40. You're not, you don't have your starters in. I let you, that's when, let them have fun. Let them go. I, somebody has said something like, I can't believe they did that. And I'm like, you can't speak that way and then not get mad if Joe dunks it. Like, that's basketball. Like, this is what it's supposed to be. These kids, it's fun. These kids are uh, living a dream. Let them go have fun. And so I have no difference on that one. Yeah, and we'll get to the end of that Illinois game in this podcast. You can bet that. Um, <laughs> but no, they finished Purdue. That is, uh, was nineteen of thirty-four on threes, and like you said, they missed some, you know, late in that game. Um, so that's just an ungodly amount. They that was one off their record. They hit twenty two years ago in Iowa City, and I remember yeah. that thinking, man. I don't, I'll never, I'll never see a team come close to being, and boom, two years later, it looked like a, a replay of that. And Iowa ends up shooting six of 25 from three. Um, do you think the two Iowa big guys at times settle too much from the three point line? Um, I think that's a, it's an advantage and a disadvantage. Um, I, I, I don't think it's a settle. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, it can be used as an extremely valuable resource, like, cause yeah. they, they lengthen defense and that gives guys like Joe Tuzan, Joe and Lee's camp, all those guys an ability to attack. So I like how he can counterbalance. He can play inside. He can play out. Um, I thought the big difference for Luca this game, I mean, he still had 26 points. So like where I'm sitting here speaking, like he had a bad offensive game. He had 26 points. Uh, it, it is I thought he shied away. Like I've noticed a little bit the last couple of games, he's starting to move, and guys are getting him a, a step off the block. And yeah. if and he's really good at that, he's great when he gets the ball in an angle. Um, and but that's that's exhausting too. Uh, four games in in ten days where you're constantly getting constantly battling. There's reasons why you start to shade out, um, and I think. He's got to get back in to go into what he's really good at, and that's creating space and creating angles, and, and, and that's it sets up for his offensive rebounds. It sets up for other guys to score, um, and he's been a little bit more in that float position. Uh, and he's great as a utility man, but he's really good in the other spot. 
Yeah, he ended up with one all, he ended up with one total rebound last night and that was not just him, that was team wide that they did not rebound well as we talked about earlier in the podcast and Purdue shot 65% from the floor so there aren't yeah. are as many rebounds to be had. Yeah, it's it's tough to get a lot of rebounds when, you know, uh, 65 and uh, six, it was like 55% of your threes. I think Purdue actually shot it terrible from the free throw line if I remember, right? They had some I, I, I always laugh when you, you're shooting about, it feels like 80% from the field and then you, you shoot 25% from the free throw line. Um, let's see, anything else on this game we can hit from? Uh, no, I think it's a, it's one of those ones you just take the tape, you put it at the bottom of the pile, and yeah, it's it was an ugly one. I, I, I See, these, some of these games, these 40-point these losses are a lot better than two-point losses, in my opinion, because... There's not really much that you can fix other than effort in a 40-point mm. loss. A two-point, you sit and just you're mad because any single one of those possessions could have changed the game, outcome of the game. In a 40-point game, it's you, 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 that's hard. Now you got to bounce back. Yeah, and 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 you know we talked about it. Purdue really needed that game, and they looked like a team that was desperate for a win and knew that they needed to beat a ranked team. And Iowa's got a target on its back now that it's one of the top twenty-five teams in the country and, and fighting for the top of the Big Ten. Mackey is such a Iowa's lost ten of eleven in Mackey, and I think they beat Michigan State by thirty this year. They beat Virginia by twenty-nine at home. They thrashed Wisconsin, I think, at home. Um, they did lose to Illinois at home, but what do you remember from that place and what makes it a difficult road environment? Oh, it's a, it's a fun gem. I, I mean, it's a hot jam. I, I, I always enjoyed that. We had a really good game my senior year there. I think Horner went for like 30 coming off yeah. that knee, uh, his knee problem and we ended up winning, but yeah, yeah it, I, it's a, it's a fun gym. I mean, it's, it's a different environment. You, the, the fans are right on it. I can still hear you. You're cutting in and out a little bit, but can you hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I, you cut out a little bit there at the end, but you were talking about the student section being close, and you have that, and it's just there are road environments in the Big Ten. There's a reason why the home teams are winning so much this year in this league, and it's a little bit more magnified this year, and, and I think it's probably going to come down to you know, whoever wins this thing or whoever finishes in that top four to get the double buy in the Big Ten tournament, it's going to come down to if you can, you know, if you can snag a couple of these road wins. Yep, exactly. What's uh, Iowa have left? They have, what, six games left, five games left? Uh, They are, what, seven and five? What are they, seven and five in the league? So they have eight games left. Oh, they have eight games, okay. And I'm assuming probably four and four from a road. It it is four and four. They should – I'm – we can talk a little bit about this now. They play Nebraska at home on Saturday, a team that it, you know, it lost to on the road uh, that the game we, and we've talked about on the podcast where they just were 
determined to take Luca away, and Iowa shot whatever it was, four for 30, whatever, from three-point range. It almost seems like this is a good spot. Now that you get you're, – you're coming off a, a game at Purdue where you got your ass beat, you got to be pissed off, and now you come back against a team that you want to get revenge against. I would think that this sets up well for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, and I, I think the, we had this similar conversation. They get beat in Nebraska, at Nebraska, shoot it terrible, not there mentally, everything, just bad game overall. And then they come back and just pound Maryland. Um, yep. So I'm hoping it's a similar wake-up call. Um, yeah, I've seen teams go both sides. I've seen teams where this loss takes it down for the rest of the season and they're out. Um, and I've seen, and, but I don't feel like this team has that mentality. And I know Fran sure as heck does not have that mentality. So I don't have, I don't have any big fear there, but I'm hoping that they come back. The first thing that they need to do to focus in on is do what you do really well. Don't worry about all, all the other stuff. Focus in on your number one thing. And, and that's just the toughness that they play with. If they play with that gr- like grittiness, I think they'll be, they'll have a great game. I agree with you. I think this team has a, has a, pretty strong mental makeup and you know from from Fran down through the players and I think they'll they'll get after it here these couple days in practice and come back on Saturday against Nebraska and then next week's tough then you go to you go to Bloomington on Thursday a um a week from today and then that Sunday up in Minneapolis I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So you got a night game in Bloomington on Thursday, come back and play a noon game that Sunday up in Minneapolis. So this game on Saturday against Nebraska is vital. Yep, absolutely. They got to protect home for the rest of the season for sure. Um so yeah, let's go back and, and talk about the positive game, uh, which was that game on Sunday uh against Illinois, a team that at that time was in first in, in the Big Ten and I think is one of the more talented teams in this league and I really thought that was one of Iowa's better games um you know you look did you see Luca went probably the first I think a little over 15 minutes without scoring and then still ended up with 25 points I thought it was kind of cool that Pencil was the one that got him going he fed they were have some of the guards were having trouble getting the ball to him on the block and in the post and Pencil's feed, it seemed like that really got him going. Did you notice that? Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. There's, there's, Pencil has a lot of pluses, minuses in, in, in his game now. I mean, he's battled a lot of injuries. He's come back from a lot of different things, and that's, that's expected from a guy that's never really been able to play consistently over a lot of years. And he, he comes in, he plays in spot minutes, and I, I would agree with that assessment. I thought, I thought the Illinois game was one of his better games overall. I felt he was, he was very keyed in. He had, he got guys into the right spot. Played a very yeah, very very valuable role in that. And that was a game that was kind of nip and tuck there for quite a while, and then Iowa seems to kind of settle in in that second half, puts a run together, um, and is able to uh, 
shot the ball pretty well that day. Um, Frederick, obviously. Um, I've had some people ask me if, if Frederick needs to be more aggressive, Greg. Do you see that? Do you see him maybe needing to take more shots than he's taking? It's, and I know it's hard. He's a freshman. He's got Garza there. He's got Wieskamp. You know, guys that are, are the one-two guys. Is it sometimes hard to figure out kind of when you should, you know, be more aggressive? I mean, I, I would say not in the lineup they have right now. I think I think he realizes he's number three, and he probably should get a solid num- a solid number of distributions through him. Um, the 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 big thing that I see about CJ is, and I, I felt like the last the games that they've done really really well, and they've gone on those runs that you mentioned before, is it, defense starts those runs. They get a couple quick baskets in transition via through Great. just. Great playing point. extremely sound defense, and then it's just like boom. And and I wouldn't say they're front runners in that way, but if they just they love CJ is just like Bohannon. They love momentum, and the yep. moment they get a little bit of blood in the water, that's when he pounces. And and I love that, but I gotta. You're right. He needs to be more involved in those outside moments when it's not just on a run time, and and that's a lot of freshmen are they're just trying to figure out when and momentum's going it's really easy to play basketball then but when it's just stagnant and you're trying to build that and create that break is is usually when you have an older upperclassman a junior or senior start to generate the momentum for everybody else and then that's when the younger guys jump on and i think cj it does a really good job defensively and i just i would love to see him start to use that to, to promote his offense in a way um, and, and, and if he can get going earlier and help drive the momentum, I think it'd be huge because he hits big threes. And if you notice, he hits things in a row. Um, he right. is a, he is a point. He, he, I, I was similar. Lusk is very similar like this. Jeff was consistent. Um, Jeff would score throughout the game. He is a bulk scorer. Luska was a huge bulk scorer and, yep. and, to be really, really good in the collegiate level, you got to get away. You got to get that distribution spread a little bit wider um, and get away from just scoring in spurts. Because the problem is, is if he gets in foul trouble and or um, guys like him, me, um, other things, if you're not on the court a bunch, you, you miss those opportunities when momentum changes and you can get that break and a couple open jump shots and get, get that aspect. Because if he's not there or something were to happen to foul trouble, you miss those opportunities, and then you have an average game instead of a great game. And speaking of freshmen, a uh, tough couple games here for Joe Toussaint. I think he had 18 minutes against Illinois, and uh, he have 12 minutes at Purdue. Or no, he had 12 minutes against Illinois and 18 minutes last night. He just... It seems like if he he sometimes has trouble staying or getting into the flow of the game, and he, he's and I and I will say this, he plays good defense. You were you were talking about how when Iowa's been you know putting the getting the you know mounting those comebacks or or, the, or winning runs in the second half, he's a big part of that defensively. So I, I don't want to I don't want to overlook that and not give him credit for that. It just seems like offensively sometimes. He's still trying to figure it out. Yeah, um, I would agree. I, I don't think I've ever heard, said, no, 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 yeah, oh, yes, uh, as much <laughs> as when talking about Joe, uh, and, and that's every freshman. It's just, it's 
time and place. Lots of time they just don't know when and where they should be and what place they should be in the floor. Um, and that's just, it takes time to develop that. Uh, I think he's right on pace with what you'd expect with the freshman. You're going to have your ups, you're going to have your downs. Um, key huge. Uh, he didn't play very well. Uh, was it Illinois or Wisconsin where he, uh, he didn't play, he played okay and had some really huge baskets at the end of the game. I think it was the Wisconsin. It was game. Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah, some huge baskets at the end of the game. And that's, that's, that's tough as a freshman. He came in and he, I, I like him. I think he has, uh, he's cold blooded. He's not terrified to be in, in the moment and being in a, in a tough shot, take a tough shot. And, and when it's, when a basket's in it, he wants it. Uh, I like that. I, sometimes I prefer it goes to Luca or, or Wheezy, but I mean, I, I can't, I can't fault him for uh, having the confidence in himself. And when he is going well, he does a nice job in getting to the rim and, and he's, you can tell he's played plenty of pickup, schoolyard, New York City basketball when he's able to go in there with the trees and kind of <laughs> bounce off them and still be able to find a way to get the ball up and in the basket. And it's yeah. kind of cool to see. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember, remember if you know, remember Troy Bell. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boston College. Yes. Yeah. He is another one, similar body type, just that big, bulky chest of a guard. And he just. He he was another one that would go in there and bang every once in a while, and, and you're just like, what what are you doing? And then, all right, there <laughs> went in. I'll take it. Um, yeah. So, um, let's go to the end of this game because I saw you tweeted something on it, and uh, it obviously got a lot of attention uh, because we all love drama these days, and then social media, and then there's clips of it, and. Uh, Everybody has an opinion and, and, uh, you know, wants to talk about it. And I get that. Um, I, I thought Fran and, and, and Brad Underwood did a really good job after that game of putting it in perspective and saying, listen, it was emotional. You know, it was a hard fought game. It's not that big of a deal. It was words and we move on and, you know, let's look forward to seeing them again. Um, and so I think they did the right thing there. I, I'm guessing you would probably agree with that, that, you know, it was heat of the moment stuff. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, my, my thing is, and, and what my, the basis of my tweet was, is that the place to do it? I mean, it, it's, it, you're, you're in a very gray area right now. Was, was the dunk right? Was it wrong? I don't, I can't answer that because every, every, I'm, I'm jaded towards Iowa. If I'm on the court, am I upset? Probably not because especially if I'm going into foul and I'm, and, and the time and place of that game or the, the time and place in the game, not so much, but I get why they're upset. And, and I, and I, and I understand that aspect, but you, you, the people that come back and saying, Oh, the coaches were yelling, don't foul. You just missed the bunny and you got, you got a quarter of a second to make a decision. You got guys running at you, the best athletes in the world running at you to foul, and you see a break, and you've been trained to react instinctively. There's nothing there. I had nothing, no problem with it. The, the thing I was frustrated with is even if you are mad, take that to the locker room, and your job is to motivate your guys to try and blast Iowa by 50 the next time you play them at home. And you don't bring that out where kids are watching everything because, I mean, the, we are role models. Um, and it's one of those things. That's not an environment where you want to showcase something like that. I get the emotions that come with it. I understand all of that. But as coaches, that's where you need to step up and be the adult and not do that aspect. And 
I feel like their their assistance, if you watch the tape, I feel like it was instigated on that side. And that's why I'm, I was a little bit like, I that's not the time and place to do that. Take it into the locker room. Take it into the tunnel. Have a conversation in the tunnel then. Yeah, and then talking to, to Joe Wieskamp after the game, and he's such a – He's such a good guy. I mean, he apologized for it, and, and his reaction to it, I think, was really mature, a lot more mature than Ron Coleman, the assistant coach for Illinois, who just – and, again, I get it. It's emotional. You're you're trying to win a game. It's, it, you know, 40 minutes you guys are pounding on each other. I get all that, but like you said, you you have to be the adult there and maybe say something to Fran next time before the game. Say, hey, that we you know we didn't appreciate – Whatever, however else you want to handle it, handle it in a, in a more mature way. Joe actually told us he thought that he thought it was a five or six point lead when he dunked it. So, you I, know, I've seen losses. I've seen. I mean, think of you and I versus what was it, Texas A uh, and M? Or no? Yeah, was, yeah, right. It was A and M. No, I think yeah. it was A and M. You, I think you had it right. Yeah, I mean, thirty-seven seconds, and what was that lead? I mean, yeah. that's there, Basketball's changed so fast. You can score in bunches, and, and that game, all it is is a missed free throw or a miss, a, a bad pass or anything, and that game could have been transition or switch. He makes that layup. It's a two. It's a two potentially a two possession game. Um, I get he missed the bunny, and that's the reaction. The Iowa had laid back. They stopped playing defense. You guys kept attacking. That's yeah. I, I, I have. There's no. In my opinion, there's no argument there. Yeah, and I also kind of. Uh... I'm a little surprised that Connor didn't hit him. It may have gotten, it may have been behind, uh, you know, behind the scenes that the Big Ten said, hey, we can't call officials out like Connor did at the end in that post game. But I, he, the point he made was accurate in that you, the referees need to step in and when DeSumo is, is hacking at Frederick and hacking at Connor, yeah, he's just kind of it's it's kind of I don't know going through the motions of the end of the game, but he's hitting those guys. That's got to yeah. be called a foul. Yep, exactly. I get they wanted to de-escalate the situation, but they really just escalated it because they allowed. Yeah, I, I agree. So I guess on Saturday uh, against Nebraska Brew, what will let you know that this team is okay? Uh, I, mean, first we, minutes of the I game. mean, we think it's going to be okay, and, and we agree that that this the makeup of this team is okay. But when you watch the game, what will you see that say, okay, it's cool? First two, three minutes of the game. I mean, if we pick up a couple physical fouls, we hit people, we put them on the floor. Uh, it shows me we're ready to play. Um, and, and if we if we come up passive, then I, I don't think we learned from the previous game because um, I think the we're just too passive the last game. And I think if we come out, I, I would love to see three quick fouls, but all three aggressive fouls, um, you know, bumping people, taking somebody, like, not hurting anybody, but being aggressive and, and showing a little bit of dominance in that aspect. Um, and play. So if that would be my number one tell is if we're, if we're back to that most like in the right emotional frame of mind I think that that would be it very well put um you heard it from Mr. Greg Bruner he wants to see some some aggressiveness early in the game on Saturday and it's going to be a sellout uh the last two weekend home games are sellouts Iowa and Nebraska this Saturday at five o'clock at Carver then the 
And then two weekends after that, I believe, is Penn State comes to town, and that should be really good, too, the rematch of the game in the Palestra. Um, and Penn State's playing really well right now, one at Michigan State the other night. So some really good games here down the stretch in these eight games. Do not give up on this team, folks. Uh, it's a good team that's built a good resume, and there's a lot of basketball. Like like Bruce said at the top of this podcast, it happens. You know, shit happens. It's It was a bad night, and you just flush it. Yep. I will say this. I want the first three minutes of physicality, but I also want that throughout the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. That'll do it for this edition of the uh, Hawkeye Nation Basketball Podcast. We'll be back here in the near future to talk about some more Hawkeye basketball. Thanks for joining us, and, and uh, go Hawks. Thanks.